the only thing we have to fear. The economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar. It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with you today, uh, as well as Nick Antonucci and a special guest. He's on once in a while, Dr. Roger Tuttero. Dr. Tuttero is the uh, he's a professor at Kennesaw State University. Um, more specifically, Dr. Tuttero is uh, the Hensler Financial Chair. I am actually sit in the Hensler Financial Chair. Oh, is there? There, you there go, is so. physically a chair. There we yeah, go. it's a recliner, hopefully, but yeah. uh, we'll see. <laughs> no, and you know that was great. I mean, so it was such a great support of the university to have the Hensler Financial uh, contribution come in. It allows us the opportunity to uh, further advance notions about uh, how the economy and finance interact with the businesses throughout the community. Yeah. It works out uh, well. Yeah, awesome. Uh, we'll talk a little about that and the, and the differential um, changes in economic data and uh, stock market data as we go along. But uh, let's talk a little about uh, what's been going on in the stock market. looks like uh, year-to-date we are positive again. We've uh, kind of flirted back and forth with a positive and a negative uh, return on the market unless you looked in – mid-March uh, when it was just absolutely negative and nobody wanted to look at it. Again, year-to-date, we are up 1.44%. Information technology leads the charge there, 17.9% uh, higher. Consumer and discretion, that, that's another one that surprises me. Yeah. Second best performing sector year-to-date, consumer discretion at 15.6. Yeah. We're up 1.44%. Uh, GDP is down. Uh, second quarter, 32.9%. This is, you know, something we'll talk about in the, in the coming segments. What seems to be a disconnect between economic data and where the stock market sits. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, energy is down 38% for the year. Uh, financials down 21%. It's hard for for uh, banks to make a living at such low rates, uh, especially when the Yield curve is flat. It uh, makes it tough. But yeah, when I think you there's a 54 basis point spread if you look at the 10s minus 2s. And historically, if you look at the data, anything below a 60 basis point spread between 10s minus 2s is pretty uh, problematic for banks. Now, perfect leading with earnings season, the big banks, JP Morgan, all those guys, uh, they had decent results carried by market data exactly their yeah. capital markets operations as opposed to actual traditional banking operations yeah, here, which here we go the, again the, with that the smaller guys yeah the smaller guys who don't have that same exposure um are, are seeing quite different results yes. right i mean there's a loose correlation between the spreads between shorts and longs and the net interest right. margin which right. drives the profitability right but you're exactly right the, the big the big boys earnings looked good because of the trading but i'll tell you what is going to be interesting as we start to see what they call the call reports for the second quarter come out I uh, would say they'll be due tomorrow. You're going to see a lot of community banks and regional banks that generated a lot of fee income off PPP loans. Right. That that will be something that differentiates Absolutely. their normal performance. What do you think, though? You know, Troy and I had this conversation earlier in the week. Next year's comps look like for banks because you do get that giant boost in PPP lending. Right. It's going to make for tough comps next year. 
Right, it will. And I mean, typically when we look at analyzing a bank, you're going to look at what's their uh, profitability from ongoing operations. So to some degree, you'll set aside the one-time events. Now, historically, those one-time events were special charge-offs. In this case, will be fee income. It's unlikely to be replicating going forward. Yeah, quite often you can look at their uh, their holdings, so their you know their banking operations, their their loans, and uh, you know the health of the loans and how well they uh, uh, hedge against any potential troubles down the road as well. Right, and that's the other part of the field. story is that a lot of these banks are adding a lot of uh, of additional um, buying power, reserves reserves capital. against yeah, loans yeah. in anticipation of charge offs on credits. And later in the show, we need to talk a little bit about forbearance agreements mm-hmm. and how that plays out when those start fading away. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. And and those reserves actually go directly against earnings. That can, so, that's right. Yeah. So it it makes a makes an impact uh, just by the bank's management of those of their portfolio of loans. So, right. Of course, uh, as we know, the earnings reports come out, and then the analysts spend the next three days telling us what they really say once you make all <laughs> yeah. those adjustments. Right. Yeah. But the stock market reacts immediately. Of course. Yeah. The all-knowing it's, stock market. It's, of course. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. You say that, and I, I think you're poking fun just a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in finance classes, they taught us all that the, uh, the market knew everything. Right. Yeah. I, and and it reacts Especially. to everything. It, it makes people like me and Nick sit around scratching our heads. Yeah. Let's, I, you know, where, where's the sense to be yeah, made the, in this Yeah, the market's price? efficient. Just look at, like, Hertz and Kodak and... <laughs> <laughs> Bankrupt companies going higher. Is yeah. that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. no doubt. All right. Uh, we uh, If you look for the week, uh, the market's up 0.17%, so not a huge move. Real estate was the big winner, uh, 3.69% higher. Energy... Took it on the chin again, negative 365 for the week. So, uh, you know, kind of that piece of the trend is is continuing. I think we have a question about that later we'll talk about. Uh, Year to date, uh, I mentioned markets up 1.4. But if you look over the last 12 months, um, the market is up 9.7%. How in the world can we have a near normal year? This is like long-term average type returns on the last 12 months of the stock market. But there is a huge uh, divergence between the the haves and the have-nots, if you will. Information technology up 32.86% in the last 12 months. Uh, Again, consumer discretionary in second place at 18.8%. Healthcare, 18%. Energy down 37.94%. Just absolutely ugly. Uh, when it comes to that. So, you know, somewhere in the middle is our average. Nobody's close to it, but the S&P 500 return for the last 12 months, 9.7%. Um, just absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, if you dig a little deeper, um, you've got the five largest companies in the S&P 500 that have uh, performed somewhere around 50% or better right. in, in the last 12 months. Um, you know, just absolutely unbelievable with uh, companies like uh, Microsoft and, Facebook, and Google and Facebook. Amazon, and, Netflix. Yeah. And by some calculations, if you were to take those large companies out, that accounts for a lot of the run-up. Really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're all around a 5% weight. So, you know, you're talking about 25% of the total um, index. Uh, there's still uh, more than a third of the companies in the S&P 500 that are underwater for the year. Wow. So, yeah. It's uh, there. There is definitely some divergence in in uh, what we've been seeing. Um, we have a few economic releases we wanted to talk about. Durable goods orders came out this week and rose 7.3% month over month in June. 
uh, following a downward re- downward revised 15.1% jump. So uh, the kind of early normalization is in, and it looks like that might be slowing a bit. But uh, uh, we also saw Federal uh, Reserve Bank of Dallas and um, manufacturing activity in, in uh, Richmond are from the Richmond Fed, both um, indicating a bit of a normalization, but still somewhat underwater. I looked, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we got the ISM manufacturing index, and it's still contractionary, but very close to that 50. Yeah, uh, so we had like like a 49.6 or something like that. Forecast for, I think, next week's, it's expansionary, 50. 52, so and keep in mind, you know, anything above 50 for the ISM is expansionary for the manufacturing sector, but the threshold for the overall economy is closer to 43. Okay, so, yeah. there we go. That's always good information to have. Uh, most of the news out of the the uh, home market has shown um, yeah, it's been increases positive. in prices. Yeah, yeah S&P, CoreLogic, Case-Shiller, 20-city uh, home price index rose 3.7%. Uh, from a year ago, this is as of uh, May, May 2020. Yeah, there's a big so lag. Yeah, uh, there is a lag there. Um, national index um, covering all nine census divisions rose 4.5%. Then we also got pending home sales, uh, which were up 6.3% year over year. And that's as of June. You saw a 0.3% increase in the south, 5.1% in the Midwest, 4.7% in the west. You only had the northeast region that fell, and it was down uh, less than 1%. Yeah, what I found interesting was uh, the Southwest with Phoenix uh, had the biggest increase in home prices. He also 9%. had a giant increase in uh, COVID infections. I don't know if that's what you're uh, yeah, comparing to there. Well, <laughs> what I what I find is interesting, and we heard this early on. Uh, New York home prices are only up 2.1 percent, so but below that average change. But there are a lot of folks that are trying to move out of the city yeah, well, and into the burbs and. It, the the negative effect on the prices within you know um, uh, urban environments are actually impeding some of that in certain areas. Sure, and when you think about you know what were the hottest real estate markets before, you talk about New York City, uh, San Francisco, Seattle, and when in fact in the case of home price index, those had the the smallest gains, which you saw Chicago 1.3 percent, New York 2.1 percent, San Fran 2.2 percent. Um, so the areas that you're used to seeing that greater price appreciation and are, are definitely slowing and, and you've heard plenty of stories of you know kind of an exodus from those regions yeah all right well we're going to take a real quick break uh when we come back we will have a dog of the week and uh you gotta listen to, listen to me why stick around you're listening to about nothing right. and everything all at once I am one of those melodramatic fools, neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. 
As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.